Hello, love, and welcome to your lovely intuition podcast. I'm your host, Riley June, medium and mentor. Through understanding my energy, intuition, and spirit, I have found the way back home to my soul, unlocking infancy in my life, relationships, building a six-figure business, and manifesting more in my dreams than ever before. I am here to help you deeper understand your intuition, why you're here, and what your soul is calling you to know so you can unlock those codes within you too. So take a deep breath in and let's dive into all things energy now. Hello, beautiful souls. So we are back for another session today, and this is an extra special session, and I know that it's going to be one of my favorites that I have ever recorded for you because first and foremost, you are receiving this on my 29th birthday, which is my favorite day of the year, my birthday. (laughs) Um, And outside of that, we're going to be talking about healing and limitations, and my husband, the infamous Phil, is finally going to make his appearance on this podcast and you are really going to be able to see why I'm able to hold such a powerful light in everything that I do and I attribute a lot of that to him and the way that he supports me and he challenges me, challenges my thinking, pushes me and guides me in the ways that he does. So when I talk about really learning to love yourself and respect yourself and opening up to consciousness and your intuition, there is a level of accountability, but beyond that, a level of self-respect that you really learn to develop and fall in love with within yourself. And when it comes to these beautiful, divine, supporting, loving relationships of all kinds, it's really a characteristic that is available for you in the frequency that you're in. So before we dive into this episode today, um, I'm going to be sharing some of my ascension journey and just what I've learned about being uncomfortable, how learning I didn't love and honor myself allowed me to learn how to do this. I'm going to be sharing some stories back and forth with Phil today. And um, I want to just acknowledge our sponsor for the episode today. So the sponsor is Golden Code. I talk about them often and I truly love this company in so many ways. Um, One, because the founder, Lindsay Rose, is such a beautiful dear friend of mine. And she charges each and every piece with such high vibrational tachyon and light language energy. So when you are meditating and you are really seeking higher vibrational pieces to assist you in the frequency that you are in as you tap into deeper levels of consciousness with yourself. It is pieces like this that really allow you to hold steady that beautiful energy and that light that you charge within yourself and just allows it to emit even deeper within yourselves. So um, what am I forgetting? Nothing, I think. I guess if you're interested, you can go ahead and check out the link. It's always in my show notes. And if you use the code AFF15, you can snake your piece. Okay, babe, are you ready? Super ready. <laughs> are you ready to talk to all my cool people? Absolutely. <laughs> How cool are they? They're so cool. They're my favorite. Okay. Babe, it is way too cold in this room. I know. So um, he put me in charge of starting the fire tonight, which didn't happen because my 
idea of starting the fire is by taking basically a whole roll of toilet paper. Making smoke with it and then going, Phil, get started. <laughs> you guys, if you were following me, well, you'll hear this yesterday, so technically recording this is today. Um, my Instagram stories of my really good car driving that I did or truck driving. <laughs> so... I was driving home from the grocery store and the front of our driveway is super slippery because Phil likes to just do burnouts and stuff all over the driveway, making it really icy, right? That's totally your fault. Has nothing to do with the winter. (laughs) And uh, so I lost control and basically the tire just slid right front end first into a big ditch that we have at the front of our property. And when he managed to actually pull me out of it, I then decided to proceed down our driveway, not even like what, a couple meters, and First get of all, myself. First couple facts stuck right off the bat. Okay, couple facts. <laughs> you break way too late when you're going to turn somewhere. Yeah, I do absolutely. So you ended up in the ditch. <laughs> that's that's called bad winter driving. Plain and simple. <laughs> Call it what you want. It's okay. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> and that was just the first time he hit the ditch that hour. <laughs> okay, like I have, I never drive, so I never have this problem anymore. <laughs> you should never drive. <laughs> Anyways, so what are we funny. talking about today? Well, that was just, uh, I just wanted to give him a little story mm. about today. So one thing, so this is really interesting. This will play into learning um, self-love and respect. But I am someone who loves my birthday loves the shit out of my birthday Mm. i pretty much walk around telling everyone that it's my birthday coming up for like a good week and a half prior to actually i really just do it all year talking to me or are you talking to the crowd well kind of everybody like everyone in session with us and with you like starting in january like i start telling everyone my birthday is coming up Mm -hmm. and then so this weekend is the first weekend that i've really like taken time off of doing anything and even friday was the same kind of thing and then i'm taking tomorrow off so you guys are going to see this um because of my wonderful assistant but that's that's how you're going to hear about it babe i gotta interrupt you again Hmm. we gotta start a morning show oh yeah we'll talk about that later i'm gonna bring sides of you out that's gonna make everybody laugh We need to expose that. No. Oh, also, this is another side story. I think you might just get a whole bunch of side stories, and at some point we'll get into, like, a really big conversation about some really good stuff. Um, I'm really funny. Like, I'm probably the funniest person ever. My jokes, classic. Right, babe? I have the best jokes. Like, so good that I'm the only one that laughs at them. (laughs) Like I've said this several times, it's a it's a couples thing. It's a it's a you and me thing. You gotta be there. You're hilarious <laughs> because of what you do to me, and you get a kick out of it. Oh, it's so funny. So Phil's like Phil's a very spiritual person, and I'm the only reason I actually do what I do today is because he's the one who introduced me to uh, an oracle deck that he had. Um, like when we first met, I had no idea about any of this stuff prior right. to. You and, stole my deck. Yeah. I don't even so use now it. I use it. But um yeah, it's really funny. Like he's well, plus he's like died, so he seems to just know a lot more than a lot of other people. But he keeps me very grounded in a lot of <laughs> conversations and topics and my really good jokes all the time. So I'm very grateful for him because he's a really good balance. 
I'm someone who doesn't necessarily ground myself all the time, but I'm very grateful for him because he keeps me very humbled. Is that the right word? Like grounded, but centered. Sure. You also keep me very centered, which is nice. Um, okay. Let's talk about being uncomfortable. Oh, you got some questions ready. Yeah. Well, just some topics. Mm-hmm. So... This episode was originally going to be about healing limitations. And I think what this episode is actually going to be about is more... Limitations as in open, like like physically or energetically? What are you talking about? Mentally. Because really it always comes down to... It typically always comes down to mentally. Like there's that guy with no arms and... What is it? No hands, no feet, or no arms and no legs. Mm -hmm. And he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Like... Your physical. I'm sorry. What a guy with no arms or legs. Babe, this is a legitimate thing. Hang on a sec. We're gonna look this up as we're talking about this. (laughs) So when you say physical, I'm not laughing at him. (laughs) I'm in disbelief. I love that though. I celebrate that. If he did, I if a guy with no arms or legs, did he get carried? Like, do we have like a Frodo Baggins, Samwise Gamgee (laughs) sort of situation happening here, where he's taking all the credit, but somebody carried him up? No. Or did he legitimately (laughs) climb a mountain with no arms or legs? I wouldn't need to know that. He literally climbs the mountain. (gasps) Does he? Where? Kyle Maynard. He's an American speaker and author. He has no arms and no legs. What do you do? The first quadriplegic. Yeah. uh, No, quadruple amputee. He climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. To ascend Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Without the aid, aid of what? With what? What are you reading? Without the aid of prosthetics, he went up there without any prosthetics. That's what I'm saying. So when you said, "Are we like? I what are we talking that. about limitations?" I'm me? like, man, fuck physical limitations. Like, man, this guy, no arms and no legs, climbed a mountain. You don't have a physical limitation. No. Of course not. And you're such a great testament to that because you always talk about how pain is just pain. Well, pain is so easy to understand because you know the direct cause of it. But mental, there's such a multivariance to any sort of mental situation, period. When you're feeling a certain way, it's it's very troublesome because you have no control over... Your feelings. Well, not even your feelings. I guess I don't mean it. I, I'm saying the wrong word here. Not It's not about control. You have no understanding of why you're feeling the way you are. You don't necessarily put the pieces together naturally by yourself. But if you become conscious of just your thinking alone, just think about what you're thinking about, you'll naturally pick up on that pessimistic side of your brain. It's a, it's a very normal, primitive side of your brain that if you leave it on autopilot, it's just going to go. And it's yeah. going to be pessimistic because it's trying to save you. It's trying to plan the for the worst case yeah. in every situation. So I'd rather pick the safe side and stay on the couch rather than get up sort of thing. And a lot of people on autopilot find themselves behind in life. Yeah. And that's a lot of what I work with my uh, one-on-one clients with. And, and really when I go through teaching people about in-depth conscious connection and intuition activation um an intuition academy the course that you go through it's not just about learning how to read energy and how to read spirits what it allows you to do is it allows you to take in in a conscious perspective a very simple 
experience that is just of the mind like reading energy is a mind game well it's a mind and body game because you utilize the senses that move through your body that move through your mind to put the pieces together and when it comes to working through your own mental pain in your life what opening your consciousness allows you to do is be able to figure out those pieces just like Phil's saying like really being able to say oh I'm feeling this way in my body well let me pull out of this situation for a moment or step back and really observe like what's coming up for me what am I actually feeling what is around me that's triggering this can I do something about this is there another layer to this and this might sound very complicated but what what it is is just honestly self-understanding well here's the thing you got to understand how small and and somewhat insignificant this way of thinking is okay thinking that the mind is the main hub for connecting energy it's not it's your heart it's many things it's a multi-variable thing because if you got to think about this if you believe in quantum physics period the whole basis on that is there's infinite amount of variations to every situation, every yeah. moment. A second is an eternity, and eternity can be a second. And that's essentially what I come to realize when in my near-death experience, it seemed like the time has shifted. It wasn't linear. It was like a second was infinite, and eternity was in a second. It was hard to explain. But I saw everything and everyone I've ever known and those that I haven't met yet. I've saw I, or I, I have seen everybody and everything and every space at the same moment and throughout the whole stretch of time. It's like it's a weird example, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is think about it this way. We can, our minds can actually go pessimistic, but there's so many other levels that go to understanding energy and how it works. I mean, our mind is just one way to connect to this sort of energy. It's just one of our many infinite meters of reading energy that we would have if we were able to use the rest of our brain. I know, but you, you gotta first start at, like most people are starting at this point in their life, wherever they're at, whatever age they're at, whatever experience they're having, they're just starting to open up. So though that is accurate in what you say, what is it? How do I want to word this question? Uh, first, let me finish my point. My whole point was like people overcomplicate. Okay. Yeah. The system in which to like the, the, the means of continuity between them and energy when really you have millions of tap points into energy. Mm -hmm. So, just simply being your best self every day is a step in the right direction. And again, everybody always has this, this, I guess, expectation of what the direction's supposed to look like. Yeah. But you have to understand, you got to keep that open because you have a higher chance of disappointing yourself in the day to day if you have one linear perspective on what the future holds for you. Well, that's that's about. Um when you hold a particular expectation about the way that your path is going to look like leaving, leading forward or walking forward or moving forward in any way, shape or form, you pull yourself out of the ability to experience the infinite possibilities. But the other thing too is that you, 
what's the word that I want to use here? I had a really good point and it just totally left my mind. It was about, God, show me the way. Um, no, it's gone. Shit. It's um, going to come back in the middle of a, in the middle of our next conversation. Um, we're running off the rails on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome to our conversations at night. Oh, so funny. These are literally bedtime conversations we have with each other. And then it ends with something like, so what does the other side of the universe look like? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, let's go back to my original point about overcoming mental pain. So what would you say to someone whose biggest struggle right now is, are they worthy to do something? Are they worthy of being able to manifest something? Like someone has all their bills paid in the year but they've never actually experienced this before or paying off debt or manifesting a partnership after having tons of trauma in relationships to that person who feels unworthy of that thing that they truly desire what would you say to them why do you feel unworthy of it because if you feel unworthy of it then you're becoming unworthy of it straight up you're here and now it's coming in front of you so if you're experience, experiencing it to begin with <gasps> i just remember that what it's I was a pro- say. that's a product <laughs> of course you are <laughs> let me answer this first okay so these people who who question the validity of the situation they're in who question being worthy of something great like that that's coming into their life why is it there Everyone deserves everything that comes to them, whether they know it or not, or whether they want to accept it or not, even the bad things. But the whole, that's, of course, that's my belief, but it's, you are a product of what you think. Absolutely. And if, if you're on the right path, you know, your emotions are, are your soul's reference point to its true purpose. Mm-hmm. right i like that your soul your emotions are your soul's reference point to its true purpose that's right to the path of purpose right this proverbial path of purpose that we all have it means it's different for everybody everybody has a different walk in life right i know that's been diluted in today's society very much so but um what was i going with here the point is, is you're here with this situation right now. Why do you think that is? It's simply because you deserve it in its very essence. The very basics of it, it happened because it was meant to. It had to have because you brought it there yeah. into your existence. You manifest your reality, you and only you, yeah. into your reality. I always say this to, to my clients whenever we're talking about how to... Um, you know, find worthiness within the things that they desire or ultimately worthiness within themselves to attract the things they desire is not every single person has the same desires. So very similar to like what you were saying is where did those come from? Like, why do you have them? You may want the house on the hill, but someone else might want the house on the ocean. You know, like everyone has different desires. So it's not just that you're attaining for something that everybody else has because it looks cool or it's amazing. And even if that's the case, 
not everyone still has those desires. Here's the problem. Everybody tells everybody, hey, everybody has different skills. So you're special in your own way. And I get that. And you are. But you heard that a million times and it's diluted. Yeah. It is. But just think of it this way. Just think of it like this. Um, put it in a scientific way. What are the chances you ended up in this moment with this kind of consciousness in this vessel, in this pale blue dot in the universe spinning around, flying through space at incredible speeds, you're here, you're existing, you're conscious, you're stuck in a time lapse, you're in a moment. Yeah. Why are you relevant? You are special from that alone. That is such a far out lottery one in the universe that you have to be special because you're here right now hearing this and understanding this. We are communicating. We're multi-celled organisms. This is insane as far as, you know, at a cosmic level. That's very, that's a very balanced way of looking at things because it, it humbles you. It grounds you. It lets you know you are small. It's like a single grain of sand on a beach. That's right. But you play an important role because how many grains of sand are unconscious, not doing anything? We're here and now we are living. This is life. We've created, we are creating, we are innovating. We have technology. We have artificial intelligence we built. What a crazy thing. And what a crazy time to be alive. We're experiencing such turmoil in the world right now. But are we? But it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. What are the chances we're here right now? And it's simply because we were meant to be. It, it is. If you don't believe that, then you wouldn't exist. There's a reason you're here. Mm -hmm. That's special in and of itself. So if you're ever questioning your validity or your worthiness, worthiness to be here or to experience whatever you're experiencing, just know it's in front of you because it's supposed to be. Yeah. Take it for what it is. Because if you want to turn something down out of fear, just know this. There's only two choices. I always say this. I don't know if you talk to your people about this, but there's only two choices in life. Fear and love. Everything stems down from those two. Yeah. So you've got to ask yourself, is what you're feeling a fear-based thing? Right? And that's not always bad. We shouldn't shame the the doubtfulness in some aspects, because that's the primitive part of our brain being pessimistic saying, Hey, but this could happen. Well, and, and we need to it's understand also your the ego. Risk. It's your core, your core beliefs and your imprints that were placed in you. There's from two less, things though. From there's two things. Seven and younger. Yeah. There's two things. There's a primitive side to your brain, which just wants to keep you alive. Your ego tries to represent that side and expose it for something. It's actually not. Yeah. It's just trying to protect you. Your ego's trying to control it. Yeah. Right? It's man-made. Ego's man-made. That's why in my perspective, well, whatever. This can this is very highly controversial, but either way, I, you know, I obviously believe in a god or a higher force. Mm -hmm. Most people through, believe through, in through, god through my, my experience, but I believe that hell is man-made. I believe that stops 
the second we here on earth cease to exist. Well, you've had a legitimate experience that's given you the opportunity to really see that for what it is. Yeah, well, that's... I'm not again, saying whether again, it's true is, or false. I'm well, saying right. it's to just be able to just see it but, what it is. But uh, I can't understand why it would be... Um, well, look at the idea of hell anyways, right? It, it, heaven and hell is a representation of light and dark at the end of the day. So in consciousness and energy... The quantum field is just information and energy. That's it. It's this equals this equals this equals mm -hmm. this equals this mm -hmm. equals this equals this. Nothing one plus two equals. It's everything equals itself. Mm -hmm. So when you come into any sort of religious ideology, there is always a light and a dark. Whatever title, whatever name, whatever description you want to give, give to that or the church or the religion wants to give to that, it is all one in the same. And each and that is represented in each and every one of us. So when you you have mental pain, when you don't feel worthy of something, when you don't feel like you can achieve something, when you don't feel like something can show up for you in your life, it's not about pushing down the darkness saying, you know, go away, you're bad, guilt and shame, I shouldn't feel like this, I'm going to do all the things, I'm going to journal, I'm going to take the walk, I'm going to take the bath, and then I'm going to feel better and it's going to help me and I'm going to see the light. It's like, it's learning to love the darkness and everything that you experience if your religion says hell it's learning to love hell for what it is it's if your religion says something else i don't really know much about different religions so <laughs> let's say whatever your religious belief or ideology is that involves darkness it's not about and really just even the duality of life when you can learn to love and accept the darkness in your life the mental pain the struggle the trauma whatever that is for you big or small that's really when you create these breakthroughs because you're no longer pushing against the thing that's just trying to protect you. You're learning to love and accept the thing that just wants you to love it instead. Right. Well, my thing is too is they say you have good and bad and you hear about light and dark and I understand that and I know there is a dark. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But the reason I think it's man-made is because when I when I had my uh, death experience or near-death experience, there was only one there was only one thing in existence. It was just pure love and light. It was oneness. There was a sense of oneness. There was no one or the other, right? Now. Questions that come to mind immediately for me whenever I think about this is what if pain wasn't bad? That's what I'm saying. Right? Learn to love and accept of the course, things that because, cause you pain. Because when you have enough pain given to you, it actually is blissful. Yeah, like when you have your chest freshly sewn together and then cracked open from compressions. Yeah. Like when I, when <laughs> I passed away, on your blood. I was hours away after my chest had been split open for heart surgery. And I'm in the bed hours later and I die. I have this near-death experience and I come back and they're doing chest compressions to keep me alive. But I am I became conscious from the oxygen coming into my brain, but my heart is still in V-fib. It doesn't have a rhythm. It's just quivering. So they had to keep chest compressions. And the pain of just feeling the ribs break on the back every with every stroke. And then the skin tore off, like all the staples tore off and my chest opened up. They had to have two nurses holding my chest together while the other one pushed it down. 
Oof. And the pain was so immense, but it became so blissful. All of these are points of transitions. They're points of transcendence, if you will. It's like a mother giving birth. Kind of. It, it's just it, you, you become, you, there's all these feelings we have, and some of them may feel overwhelming to us. So they we, we register those as pain, and obviously it's something wrong to the vessel, like physically. So it, we, we know that it, it means we have to get away from whatever it is that's hurting us. Right. Like a finger pain on a is, hot stove. Yeah, that pain a pain is a good a good indicator that something is wrong. But when you have enough of it, your body has a way of transcending that pain into bliss. And it's true. For my for for my experience anyways. So let's tie this into the ego and worthiness. So ego ego started to disappear for me when I was dying. Any resentment I would have had in anybody, I just felt love for them, compassion. I wanted to say goodbye to everybody, everybody in the world. Like, I just felt so much love. The ego started to disappear. And I guess it's kind of that saying that life flashes before your eyes. It does. You really review everything, but with a whole new light. And the ego is not present. When you're in that kind of a state and your body goes into shock, there's there's really no more ego there when you're in, in that state. So how does that now transpire in your life today? Well, I can't forget about the event. Well, of course not. But like outside of the fact that that's like a legitimate trauma that you have that you're going to take, you know, a little bit of time to work on and heal because that just doesn't go away. No, but it's a blessing at the same time. I know. So how has how has knowing that the ego doesn't actually in fact exist when you allow yourself to embrace the pain? Well, I know I have control over it. Yeah. I know it's not above my pay grade, so to speak. It's me that creates it and manifests it and curbs it and smothers it if I need to. Whatever. To my control. And how has learning that created or pulled you away from love and bliss in your life now? Well, I pull away from social norms, you know, like being a tough father. Like I was, I was raised by a tough father. I hardly ever heard an I love you from him. Right. And for me going through all this, I mean, I kiss my son and I will always kiss my son as I said it many times. I'm not afraid to love someone. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable because I know this is my one shot to do it. Hmm. I'm here again. I bring it back. I'm here and now. And that's something that's hard to forget now. Okay. Let me, I, now this, the point I forgot earlier totally ties in here. So when you allow or you create expectations about, about how your path is supposed to look, you're creating expectations in a land of imagination. It doesn't exist yet. It hasn't unfolded yet. So when you're talking about living in the here and now, this is a really beautiful space where you've dissolved all expectations, where you'll set your goals or your achievements or the, or the things that you want in your life because by nature or naturally, we, we're competitive by nature, right? Like we don't have the survival of the fittest for no reason. Like humans 
need to have something to look forward to, whether that's tomorrow or a cup of coffee or a workout or a goal or a job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you set an expectation of how that's supposed to look, you fuel this egoic side of you that is fueled by disappointment if it doesn't look that way. But at the root of all of it, you're setting an expectation of something that's never happened yet. So what limitations or what possibilities are you limiting yourself from by not allowing that just acceptance? I don't know how better to explain well, it. Well, here, here's the thing. I kind of disagree with you. Why? You're not all wrong, but it's just the way you're saying it, okay? Mm-hmm. When you're wanting to plan something, it's still a step forward somewhere. Yeah. You don't know where yet, mm-hmm. but you need to get your butt off the couch. And that's what happens when you plan something. When you want to plan something, it sets you into motion. That's yeah. important. So you do need to plan things. You want to plan things. Yeah. What you do afterwards is what a lot of people mess up on. They focus in on just the end game. They don't know how they're going to get there. They think they know how they're going to get there, but it's way too specific. And one thing we've learned, life tends to throw you curveballs. That's literally what I said. I said, then you put expectations on the imagination. That's right. But you're saying you're blaming it on the setting of goals. And it's not the setting of goals. It's what you do after. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's what it's everything. It's everything after that point. By the way, uh, Phil's taking on clients for life coaching. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I am. <laughs> Just kidding. You can't have my personal life coach. <laughs> I'm everybody around me's personal life coach. I know you're so good at that. Whatever. So good at it. Okay, babe. Let's talk about. What do we want to talk about? I don't know. You brought me on here. Let's talk about the joy of being uncomfortable. How uncomfortable are we right now? Let's get like real transparent. How uncomfortable are we right now? So I talked a bit about my manifesting our house and how our taxes were going to give us 34K. So here's a little update. So we did not get that on our taxes. (laughs) We had... A $5,000 debt, that's all we owed. And our income tax and then tax bill for Phil's old company um, took us in a different direction, which is fine. We actually are not stressed or worried about it in any degree, um, which is really fascinating just in of itself because if this was even just like a year or a year and a half ago, we would have been so overwhelmed by some of the numbers that we've seen. And like even at the end of the day, they're not that bad. But um, it was interesting for me because I've never dealt with, like, here's how I want to premise this. In society, we're told we go to school, we get the job, that company pays you your or deducts your taxes and your CPP and your EI and all these things and plugs you for retirement and you can apply for mortgages and up your credit card limits and do all these things because you have this secure job. You can get the cars and whatever. But when you become an entrepreneur or start your own business, this is a very different reality. And quite frankly, it does not look like that whatsoever. Not to say that it can't because it does and it can and it eventually will if you really continue to pursue what you desire to create. 
But in the beginning, you have to learn how to do all these things for yourself that in other words, you would have just haven't taken care of for you. And so what I've really learned about being uncomfortable is that we're in this situation where we have this goal, we have this essentially desired expectation to purchase this house. But the way that we were going to, we expected to receive it or have it work out for us is not looking like it's going to be the case. Though we're open to infinite possibilities, it's just not playing out the way that we thought it would, which is fine. But it's really fascinating because to most people in our position, they would be very overwhelmed. And so for me, what I've learned is that I've gotten really comfortable with being uncomfortable And I feel like that's what's really attributed to a lot of my ability to grow and to lean into, let's say, darkness or ego or unprocessed trauma or wanting to even learn what healing looks like in many forms because I've just been able to learn that even in something that doesn't look the way that you once thought it would or expected it to, that there's something so much better that's always coming for you around the corner. Yeah, well, we were forced into it. I don't know how much of our story you told them, but... Well, even, like, well, which part? Like, your health stuff? Everything, yeah. Yeah, I have a few epis on that. But, um, like, Phil's health stuff. Like, when we first got together, we were together for six months before he was diagnosed with congenital heart failure. And six months from there, he went in for his first heart surgery, and we found out we were pregnant. And then after that, it was, like, every six months of another heart surgery for two years another heart surgery our baby being born his heart surgery so it was like just this constant cycle of what seemed like absolute and I mean and was trauma but at the same time like we got so good at supporting each other and like really leaning into the hard days without trying to fight it or pretend like it didn't exist or even in the times where we blamed something or a circumstance or someone or ourselves, like the next day we got up and you treated it like a new day. Yeah, the other thing too is we lost so much. <laughs> we so did. Like we've lost, like I lost my life. That's a pretty ultimate loss. I don't mean to brag. <laughs> but you lost your husband. Yeah. You lost your son. Yeah. I lost my son. Well, he didn't die. He just had a heart surgery. Right. Just. But, sorry. Just. The potential for loss, I mean. Yeah. There was moments in our mind where we lost him. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Oh, yeah. We experienced a loss to a degree. Not ultimately. Yeah. But it was. It's That's your worst nightmare and you had to face it. Yeah. We lost so much that now it doesn't matter. The risk doesn't really matter to us because it's far less than what we've already been through. So it's perspective. It's like, how comfortable are we? We're quite comfortable in being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? But I think the other thing is, is we don't take money as seriously anymore because we actually respect and love the sacredness of life. Like, we have human moments and our emotions get the best of us sometimes, but it's like, at the end of the day, we work on ourselves as much as we do 
ourselves together and that allows us to continue to grow and expand individually but also collectively and it really detached us from the way that we value money as being this ultimate hierarchy in our experience and the way that our life is run versus you know a lot of people yes you need money to survive but at the same time it's not the thing that makes you thrive it's your energy well, it's a multi-motivated scenario of course because we have we lost so much so we're just happy to have what we have and we deserve it and the universe has always provided us like with exceedingly expectative you know events occurring yeah these crazy blessings that have always happened to us at the perfect moments that now we just understand that it works you know the power of the mind works it's yeah. always worked for us so we have this encouragement of hey we know this works and we also have this other thing of we know what we lost and we're just so happy for where we are yeah What a cool life we live. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> I always tell the story about how when I started my business, it was I had negative $250 in my bank account or our bank account. And mm -hmm. it was one of those things where even up until this day, like we didn't, we don't, well, we did, we would now, but we don't, didn't before. Wow, words, hello. We didn't in the beginning have the opportunity where we could just go out and apply for credit cards and upper limits or get these personal loans or do all these things. Like I literally started my business without even being able to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And what's really important to understand about that is that you don't just always start right at the top. And in fact, in most cases, you won't just start at the top because if you started at the top, you wouldn't be able to really cherish the process along the way. And so when I work with my clients on building a business See, out if of... if anyone is questioning their validity, just know you're special to me because you paid to keep me alive. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. guys have <laughs> saved my life. You guys are who's retired him. In peace. Yeah, you when guys retired him. I have left, I have it in peace and it's because of you guys. So just know I love you all. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's one of those things when I work with my clients and they're like, well, you know, I, I want to be the stay-at-home mom that runs the business or I don't want to work for this company that I work for anymore. I really want to do something on my own and I don't know how reading or energy fits into this or mediumship, but, you know, I really want to see where this goes. And I am not always going to do psychic mediumship readings, but it was where I started. We all have to start somewhere. And going back to the expectation thing, it's not always going to look the way that you expect it to. But you can set goals and you can set, um, you know, checkpoints and all the things along the way. But really be open to the possibilities because it's in those spaces that you really learn so much about yourself, your tenacity, your courageousness, all those beautiful things. And you learn... a you learn to see yourself in a much deeper and more powerful way. I was not someone who was very, um, what's the word use? Very self-confident the majority of my life. In most cases, I would actually be the shyest person in the room 
because I, I don't know, I just didn't want to unless I got drunk. Then that's like a different story. But <laughs> then I did, then the Drew Riley came out. She didn't really give a fuck. <laughs> but like in most cases, if I was just like meeting someone for the first time or going to a party and I didn't really know anyone. Babe, you want to show them what you could do? Your best party trick? <laughs> My mermaid. No, not your mermaid. No, no, no. No, okay. I'm talking about your heavy metal screen. <laughs> no, that's, that's for another episode. Oh, okay. Um, so my hilarious party trick. So when I was a server, I got a, I have a aerial tattoo, mermaid tattoo on my arm. And it's like literally right on where you would call it what you would call your bingo wing. So when your I was. What? Your bingo wing. That's a real thing. Pardon me? <laughs> yeah, women call this their bingo wing. Because <laughs> the old ladies have bingo and that's bingo re- that's and it's a like a wing. Oh my god, I didn't know. Get out of town. So when I was a server oh. and I would have creepy old men hit on me, I would always pull out my party trick and I'd be like, "Hey, you want to see a cool trick?" And they're like, "What?" I was like, "I'd pull it, put up my arm up and I was like, do you want to see my mermaid swim?'" Or I'd say, "Have you ever seen a mermaid swim?" And then they'd be like, "What? No." And then I'd start shaking my bingo wing. So it looks like my mermaid's flapping, and I'm they would so never the bother me again. That, I'm so stuck on the fact that they call that a bangle wing. Yeah, that man. is so crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Women are terrible to themselves. Oh, you guys are savages. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, we're really cool. What's that? Do you got more important stuff to talk about? Um, I want to play 20 questions. Okay, let's play some questions. I don't know how long this is, so you guys are just in for the ride for this one. We're literally hanging out the night before my, it's officially my B-Day, I got one more hour, and uh, we're just chatting, What's and you guys are in on this. Who's starting? You start. I start. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Define a hero. Ooh. Your question's going to be way better than my question's. Just saying. Sorry. What is your definition of a hero? That wasn't a question. <laughs> my bad. Um, oh, I gotta stop kicking this mic. My definition of a hero is someone who shows up for themselves every day. Because when they show up for themselves every day, day they teach the people around them that that individual person is worthy of their own time and energy. And if you can value your own time and energy, then people around you will learn to value you the way that you want to be treated. And it will cause a rippling effect in so many ways because you will be able to see the inspiration, the love, the joy, the desires, the dreams, the hopes that you have in your life. Fair enough. That's good. <laughs> Is that the correct answer? Mm-hmm. My name back. Hey, can I have some of your tea things that you made for yourself? Oh, it's empty. Oh, <laughs> when you start the water like you start the fire? <laughs> no. Question. Okay, no, my turn's a question. My turn to ask a question. That's what I'm saying. Come on. Okay. Um, Rapid fire. What was the first, when was the first time that you communicated or connected with an angel? Ooh, communicated or connected with an angel. Well, the most significant time that I physically saw a manifestation of an angel was, I I don't know the age or date because I'm terrible at that, but teenager with my high school sweetheart and we were fighting lots and 
there was a lot of alcohol consumption. Anyways, you were drunk. Endless fighting. We were drunk. Yeah. I ended up in the truck going home and there was a rattle in the back of my truck. Oh, yeah. And this story is not about me, by the way. <laughs> I didn't understand what the hell was going on back there. I thought somebody was back there or there was something heavy back there. So, and it's just a regular cab short box truck. So it, there's really not much to, to view. So I look back there and there's nothing behind me. And I kept on going down the road, just some back roads in the middle of the country. And it kept swaying in a really weird way as if something heavy was shifting in my box. So I stopped and I thought maybe it was something underneath the truck that was wrong. So I had kind of bent down to check it out. And immediately I just had this insane intuition to just get up and get in the truck, lock the doors and go. And I listened to it. I got up, I jumped in the truck, locked the doors. As soon as I put it in drive and stomped on the pedal, the rear window was like smashing so loudly. I had no idea what the heck was behind me, but I could just hear wailing and screeching. It was just a wild experience. And this was going on for several minutes and I was just, I was speeding recklessly down these back roads. A Wendigo. In the, yeah, something like that. It was it was gnarly. Yo, if you've ever watched Supernatural, those, the things that they hunt, they are legitimate. They are real. <laughs> yeah, so. Anyways. <laughs> after I was, it, this was like in the middle of the night, so it was about two or three in the morning after fighting all night and my energy, the whole point of it was my energy was so low. So whatever this was, it was some sort of entity that was trying to attach itself to me somehow. And the funny thing was, is that day, the rear view mirror on my truck broke. It fell off of the windshield. So I had no rear view mirror. I couldn't see it. But all I remember was this intuition saying, don't look back. It'll be okay. Don't look back. Don't look back. And out of my driver mirror, I didn't look at it directly, but from the peripheral vision, um, there was this blue orb. Okay, you're talking about the blue orb? Yeah, so in my peripheral vision, there was a, like a blue orb in the mirror. And I didn't realize it then, but I know now it had to have been uh, Archangel Michael. Hmm. And uh, it was protecting me. And so that's my true, like, first kind of real manifestation event. Mm -hmm. I work with a client who is a fallen angel. Or she, she was, or she's a descended angel. Like, she was an angel before she came here. Hmm. Like, she'd never lived a life on earth before this one. What did she do to mess up? <laughs> no, she's here to change the world. <laughs> Okay, your turn. We've had some crazy-ass things happen to us, like, independently and together. The spirits? Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's do two question, more questions. Question. Question here. What is your biggest question in life? Ooh. What do you question every day? What enters your mind? Babe, that's like a huge question. 
Is that too big? That's like way too big. Well, you're just talking about last few, so I'm like, I want to hit it out of the park. <laughs> That's like a whole day question. Okay, so okay, question. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite food? <laughs> oh, not that dumb. <laughs> Mini eggs. That's not a food, though. <laughs> That's not a food. I asked for food. That mini eggs are not food. My favorite food is carrots. <laughs> I love lamb. Like, I, I love, love bacon. Lamps. I love lamb. I love bacon. <laughs> My favorite food is a lamb. My favorite food is bacon. It is. <laughs> it actually is. I love bacon. My favorite food is a happy. <laughs> We're just making sense. Now. A happy meal. Can you just? <laughs> oh my gosh. My favorite food is ice cream. <laughs> I lost you. Okay. You did. Okay, ask me a better question. Okay, fine. If you. Hmm. Okay, let me let me figure out a scenario here, okay? Okay. What's your scenario? I don't have a scenario. I can't think of a scenario. You put me on the spot. I put myself on the spot. You're also getting the very unedited version of this, but we got two more questions. You're not editing any of this? I'm not editing. I never edit them. That is terrible. Why? They get to hang out with us. That's the whole purpose of this episode. This is my birthday episode. They gonna hang out with us. <laughs> they gonna. Okay, actually, this oh, no. turns into a better segment. Oh no, no! What did I do? <laughs> Name that accent. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh no! What yes. did you do? Okay. Okay, you have to tell them the story you about have... this. No, no okay. story. You're gonna I tell will that tell story. Them. You're, you're gonna tell um, the story yourself in this game. Hang no. On. They're gonna pick up on this real quick. Okay, let's start with Australian, because you have an Australian <laughs> Let's try this. Babe, I'm... She's going to appreciate this. I'm so Australia. bad at accents. I, I, need to, I need to make a phrase for you, okay? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oi, mate, you hit me with your car. <laughs> now, you got you to gotta say something. That was terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So... Okay. Okay, ready? My Australian was terrible, says Riley. <laughs> now listen to how it should be. <laughs> Wait for it. Okay. I can't. I'm so good at it. People would feel embarrassed if they heard how good I was at this. Oi, mate, you hit my car. <laughs> Come on, go. Oi, mate, you hit my car. <laughs> Okay, we're going to end this one with a good one. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Speak with a Mandarin accent. No. <laughs> Change your audio. <laughs> Do it now. Change no. your audio. Be a good man. Change your what? Oil. What's an Oreo? In your car. Change oh, your oil. oil. <laughs> Be a good man. <laughs> Come on, you got this. Uh, Do it full blown. <laughs> channel it. Okay, I'm channel gonna channel the, the Chinese Let's try this. language. Let's channel it. 
change your oil. Be a good man. <laughs> okay, so clearly I'm really good at accents. That's one of my many talents. Russian. Give me no, some Russian. No, so right bad. Now. I want the vodka. Oh, <laughs> okay, next question. Okay, so one of my really good hidden talents, really good hidden talents, is clearly accents. And Phil loves when I speak in them because they're just so good. So you're welcome. You're welcome. You got to be a part of that. You speak of the good Chinese. I pretty much just do a really great hick accent, and uh, that's you about don't it. You do any good accent. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> you are entertainment. At, at best. At best. <laughs> I should be a stand-up comedian, because I'm so good at comedy. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go into meandering here. Okay. One more good question each. Okay. My question for you is... I don't know. I don't have any more questions. I got another question. Okay. At what point... I guess... uh... (laughs) No question No, no, no. Hang on. I'm trying to think of how to word this. Okay. If I had a stroke... <laughs> You're just pulling out all the big guns tonight, eh? If, if I... <laughs> if, sorry, if I had another stroke <laughs> and this one had lasting effects, would you change my bum? <laughs> no, I'd be so rich I'd pay someone to do it. Good woman. <laughs> just make sure they have soft hands. Okay, I'll hire you a hot in-house nurse. I, well, I won't care at that point. No, don't make them hot, because that's just, that's very shameful. Every time I soil myself, I have to make somebody like that change. <laughs> no, make them like a Olga. Oh, I'll just hire your mom. It'll be like the olden would, days. That would be the worst. Just shoot me. Like, just shoot me. Finish it. I hope the stroke takes me at that point. Oh, goodness. I have to resort back to that twice in one lifetime? No. Oh, my God. Okay. You know she'd say something awkward about it, too. I miss this. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. I think think we're good because now it's like 11, so it's bedtime. So, I want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. You got a little bit of an insight on what our daily evening conversations look like. They start off pretty, like, big and vast, and then they get dumber and dumber as (laughs) it goes on. (laughs) It's so funny, though. Like a switch, you can turn right back to it. Yeah, so true. All right. I want to send you so much love. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. And I look forward to all the really exciting things that are going to be coming to light this week. So we have the two-day self-love workshop where we're going to be healing uh, limitations and childhood wounds and on the second day really expanding into love. So learning how to reframe and to love those experiences that once that you once shied away from. So 
If you are not in the membership community, you can come and join us live for free. There'll be a link in the show notes and in my Instagram bio. And um, the replay will only be available in the membership community, which I would highly encourage you to come and join and hang out with us because we do three days um, a week. We do meditations live. We have tons of new moon. Oh, this week, actually, we have the new moon workshop as well. So Thursday evening, we have the new moon workshop, which is also combined with a healing session. So that happens twice a month. And there's just tons of things. There's so much value. I really wanted to cultivate a space where you could come and learn about your energy, your intuition. There was accountability. There was a space where you could feel safe and share all your insight and your limitations and your breakthroughs and your celebrations. And um, we just wrapped up 12 days of our alignment experience. And it was really powerful watching all of you guys show up in all the different ways. And even in most days, just giving yourself grace. So tons of stuff happening over in the membership you can come and join us. Um, this was my birthday episode, so I hope you liked it as much as I did and you enjoyed Phil coming to hang out with us. I know yeah, you guys... if you want to go check out my Last Chance Living YouTube channel... Oh, yeah. Phil started... <gasps> Let me tell you guys. So, when I started this alignment experience, um, Phil even really leaned into doing things that he loves for himself as well. So, he started doing music again and recording videos. So you guys can go check out his YouTube, Last Chance Living. I'll link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. 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 And he even wrote me a song, so that'll probably go up there this week. Probably tomorrow. That was his birthday present to me. You know what I asked for for my birthday from him? Is for him to stare at me. Wait for them to answer. See if they guess. <laughs> my, what I want for him for my birthday is for him to just stare at me all day. Because I always make this joke about how I just want to be around him all day and just stare at him. And that's the happiest that I am. As fucking crazy as that sounds. It's so funny. So that's what I asked for for my birthday. I'm clearly a very simple person. (laughs) Do you think I shared too much with them this time? (laughs) No, I just think uh, you're simple-minded, but you're happy. I am happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. You're so funny. I love you. Okay. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in with us. And screenshot this. Tag me on Instagram. I want to hear what you loved most about this episode. And if you learned anything about yourself or expansion or consciousness or you just had a good time. All right. Don't forget to find the magic in today.